Hello, listeners. Steel Tyler Filipek here with another adventure into imagination. That's right. It's Building a Better Story World, the podcast where I help you design a more engaging universe for your characters, products, and brand to exist. We've now arrived at our final entry in our series that explores the five basic elements of storytelling and how they can be used to build a fully functioning narrative universe. To recap, those bits are a protagonist, the main character of your story, a need, something that the character must fulfill on their journey, an obstacle preventing them from getting that need, a choice your character makes to overcome that obstacle, and a resolution, whether your character succeeds, fails, gets a bit of both, or neither. Our case studies have helped to elucidate each of the first four of these elements. We started by looking at what makes for a popular protagonist. Expecto Patronum! Detailed how basic human needs drive story worlds in an aspirational setting. Discussed the myriad obstacles that prevent protagonists from getting their needs. I hate snake shot! And the choices that you make that help build your brand and world. I mean, how bad could that be? There were prompts in each episode to help you take part if you wanted to follow along. But like always, you can just listen through if that's more your style. If you do want to take part and are tuning in for the first time, I recommend starting with episode one and going through each subsequent entry in order to build to our topic today. That's because, fittingly, we're going to be talking about resolutions. Think about how great movies are elevated by amazing endings. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. The annals of television history are filled with amazing and awful series finales. But we're not just talking about how your entire story world ends. It must persist after the last entry wraps up, just as it had existed prior to your first. We'll be looking at several different kinds of resolutions then, and how you can create them in a structure that propels your narrative. To help us, we'll be examining a popular film series that has featured numerous creative leads, actors, and styles over the course of nearly six decades. Based on the works of Ian Fleming, the James Bond film franchise has been a hit with audiences since the very first entry, Dr. No, in 1962. It stars the titular roguish secret agent who is licensed to kill in order to fulfill his mission to protect the United Kingdom from any and all threats. The series has evolved from being an over-the-top Cold War adventure to a modern deconstructionist action thriller. But through it all, Mr. Bond has driven dozens of cars, used hundreds of secret gadgets, and been in countless life-or-death situations, all while having time to spare for a martini with the right kind of company. James, you're incorrigible. What am I going to do with you? Six actors have portrayed 007 in 25 films, with the most recent installment coming in spring 2020. Each lead has brought something special or unique to the films that they have appeared in. My name is Bond. 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 James James Bond. Bond. Which necessarily meant that the stories they told had to reflect their talents. Sean Connery was suave, confident, and wry. I've got you now. Well, enjoy yourself. While Roger Moore leavened outrageous action with a level-headed wit. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. We'll be examining how the creators of these films wrapped up the best of them, giving audiences satisfying conclusions to scenes, entries, arcs, and the entire franchise. Because we're dealing with resolutions, there will be spoilers throughout. So forewarned, let's begin with one of my personal favorites, Goldeneye. I want you to find Goldeneye. Find who took it, what they plan to do with it, and stop it. 
Pierce Brosnan's first entry into the James Bond franchise was a reboot of sorts. In between 1989's License to Kill and when this film was released in 1995, the Soviet Union had collapsed. Governments change, the lies stay the same. And many in the government and the public questioned the relevance of those who helped fight its influence over the world. I think you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur. A relic of the Cold War. Director Martin Campbell, as well as screenwriters Bruce Feirstein and Jeffrey Kane, leaned into this by showing a literal shift in time in the opening scene. The setting? Soviet Russia in 1986. Ready to save the world again? After you, 006. James Bond and his fellow 00 agent Alex Trevelyan are to infiltrate and sabotage a chemical weapons plant. Unfortunately for them, they trip an alarm and are forced to fight off an entire platoon of Russian soldiers. Alex is taken hostage, but despite his misgivings and friendship, James Bond does not rescue him. For England, James! Colonel Ormov kills Alex, James succeeds in destroying the locale, and escapes. Screenwriters call this a story beat, a plot point, or a twist, but there are numerous other applications for this kind of story element as well. Consider how the chapters of your book flow together or how a two-page spread in a comic book reveals a small but significant part of a story. All must establish what is going on, who is doing what, what they're after, and then whether they get it or not. If you find your scenes moving too slowly, remember a basic ABC beginning, middle, and end structure. What is the context of the scene in your broader story? What do the characters do to change that context in service of their goals? And what is the outcome of that changed context? GoldenEye's opening scene does a lot to reintroduce the world of the franchise, with gadgets, action, stunts, and tough choices that result in life and death. It begins with a simple mission, which becomes increasingly complicated, forcing James Bond to make a difficult decision that results in his success, but the death of his friend. Or so he thinks. In fact, it turns out that Alex was a double agent who has a vendetta all of his own. He will eventually commandeer a secret weapon known as GoldenEye, and, almost a decade later, turn it on England for money and vengeance. James Bond, once racked with guilt, then goes on a globe-trotting adventure to stop his former friend, leading to a finale where 007 once again holds the life of 006 in his hands, this time quite literally. For England, James? No. For me. This makes the first scene of the film that much more potent. It establishes the character of this James Bond and shows how far he has come over the course of the film. It also showcases a time when he was relevant which is reaffirmed at the end. The Cold War may be over, but there will always be villains that threaten the United Kingdom. So, now, I want you to write your own scene. If you've been following along since episode one, I want you to choose one character from your story world. Put them in a situation that is indicative of your narrative universe. A shootout, or a courtroom argument, or a date. Then, give them something odd or outlandish that they want from this situation. Something that wouldn't be normal for this location. If you're writing a thriller, you might have your main characters about to walk into a firefight and so are desperate to make a phone call home to hear their loved ones' voices one last time, in case they don't make it back. Put obstacles in their path so that this is not a simple request. And then decide how it will work out. Do your characters succeed, fail, do both, or neither? Keep it open-ended. This is one scene in your story, which is one part of your broader narrative, which is but one in a universe. For the moment, this is the most important choice in the world, followed by the most important resolution, but soon it will fade into the background. Just remember, a character, a need, a scene, obstacles, character choices, and a resolution. 
When you string enough of these together, you get a novel, a comic book, a movie, or whatever other discrete unit of narrative that you're working on. For our purposes, we'll be calling them entries. If you're confident in your scene or are just following along, feel free to continue. If you'd like more time, hit pause, continue writing, and then start back up so we can detail longer forms of storytelling that require more concrete endings. A good entry in a series will be satisfying in and of itself. It will also help move the story of the larger plot along, even if only slightly. Without some forward momentum in the larger story world, there will be no purpose for it to exist. If it only works within a larger whole, fewer audiences will re-engage with it, as it will require a larger time commitment to put it in its proper place in context. There's a reason why people endlessly binge The Office, Friends, and other sitcoms of yesteryear. Their commitment to soft serialization made almost every episode important in some way or another. To get a sense of how this works, let's look to the very first entry in the James Bond film series, Dr. No. The Americans are fools. I offered my services, they refused. So did the East. Now they can both pay for their mistake. The plot of this 1962 classic is relatively straightforward. After a pair of agents are killed, all signs point in the direction of a mysterious supercriminal scientist. British intelligence sends its agent, James Bond, to investigate whether it is related to a recent disruption of spy missiles launched by the CIA. Indeed it is. The titular Dr. No works for Spectre, an international crime ring that intends to disable the Mercury space program in Florida. Dr. No offers to flip Bond, but Bond refuses, is tortured, manages to escape, kills Dr. No, and overloads the scientist's operation before it can have any effect on the U.S. launch. Ahoy, Mr. Bond! Ahoy, Mr. Bond! Well, well, what's the matter? Do you need help? So many James Bond tropes were established in this film that it's hard to tell what was designed for the purpose of the story and what was designed to carry it forward. There are gadgets, cyanide capsules, double agents, secret documents, and women of questionable backgrounds who sport interesting names. Stay where you are! I can assure you my intentions are strictly honorable. What's your name? Ryder. Honey, Ryder. There are also two larger elements that should be noted for your own project. One, James Bond exists in this world from the get-go. He's not a gumshoe on the force. He's an established figure, with several parts of his history revealed over the course of the film. 007 is still our POV figure, however, which allows the audience to learn the mystery alongside him without having to fall back on cliches that come from being a fish out of water. Two, the primary antagonistic force, Spectre, is foiled, but not defeated. Dr. No perishes, but the larger organization survives. They will definitely return, and now Bond is on their radar. The stakes have been increased. The creators didn't overload their initial entry with too many enemies and too much plot. They allowed it to exist, knowing that they could build off of what they'd crafted in later entries. Your story should contain a pair of similar elements. Let's look at whatever story you want to start with, and make sure you have two elements in it that mirror those of Dr. No. You don't have to have your entire narrative or world written, just an idea of where you might want to begin. First, I want you to write a paragraph about your protagonist and how that character has existed in your world for some time. They can be young, they can be relatively new to an organization, but they shouldn't be a complete outsider. This will force you to use their dialogue and action to reveal the world in thoughtful ways, rather than have your characters engage in exposition that over-explains or slows the story to a crawl. 
Secondly, I want you to write a few sentences that detail how your antagonists are stimmied but survive this initial encounter with your protagonist. The Death Star is destroyed, but Darth Vader and the Empire survive. Neo defeats Agent Smith, but the Matrix remains. You want to show the efficacy of your main characters while not solving everything in one go. This is a story world, remember, not a single entry. There needs to be more, and if you're going to create more, you will need ongoing adventures that continue to raise the stakes. Take your time on this. You may realize that you're beginning to craft your initial storyline. That's fantastic. You may also begin to fill in your universe with all the bits and bobs that help differentiate it. Don't force it. Some of your world design should come in the actual composition of your work. Pause this episode should you need to, then press play when you're good to go. Next up in our foray in the world of resolutions is the overarching narrative. Whether it's a season worth of content or a story arc, these mini and maxi series help you build single narratives into long-form stories that fit within a broader franchise. Modern comic book series are filled with these. Year One, The Court of Owls, The Dark Knight Returns, Hush, and The Long Halloween are all seminal, multi-entry stories in the Batman franchise that helped expand the city of Gotham while also being largely self-contained. You may be more familiar with Dexter or Breaking Bad, each of which revolved around a big bad antagonist or a thematic arc for the protagonist that would be introduced in the opener and concluded with the finale of each season. Walt, I need you to... It's over. We're safe. What happened? I won. James Bond has these as well, tied to the actors who played the title role. Creators must establish the tone that this new performer will bring with him to the franchise. Test that tone and the character's resolve in the face of increasing stakes, and then give him a send-off so that the franchise can rejuvenate itself with a new spin. Now, audiences have grown wary of endless reboots and remakes, but only when they are viewed as unnecessary. Indeed, after complaining about how The Amazing Spider-Man simply reset the Spider-Man franchise, fans welcomed Spider-Man Homecoming and Into the Spider-Verse. All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Peter Parker. I was bitten by a radioactive spider. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. With great power comes great responsibility. The lesson, then, is tell quality stories and make sure your story world can regenerate itself when necessary. No Time to Die will see off Daniel Craig's version of James Bond, and only time will tell how that will work out for the franchise. Sean Connery was dropped once, but later brought back for Diamonds Are Forever because audiences wanted a proper send-off. They told me you were assassinated in Hong Kong. Yes, this is my second life. You only live twice, Mr. Bond. Pierce Brosnan and Timothy Dalton's versions of Bond were disavowed by MI6 in Die Another Day and Licensed to Kill, respectively, giving a poetic bookend to their careers as 007. Roger Moore's debonair playboy led the franchise over the course of seven films, but even he had to give up the role after completing A View to a Kill. So, as an exercise, I want you to cast the role of your protagonist. Think of an actor or a performer that would play your main character. If you're creating a story world for a product or brand, consider who the most appropriate spokesperson would be. If you yourself are the face of your story, maybe because you're creating a podcast, that's pretty easy, right? When you've chosen that person, Write six or more attributes that she or he brings to the table. Are they suave or crass, witty or straight, dry or outrageous? How do they reflect the world that you're creating as well? Is it dark and cynical or bright and cheerful? When you're finished, I want you to write how at least half of these attributes will change over the course of three entries. Will your weathered cowboy regain his lost faith? Will your spunky young pilot lose her soul but save the world? 
If you're feeling bold, write how these shift subtly in each entry, establishing the attributes in part one, testing them in part two, and then resolving them in part three. Maybe write a plot spring for each entry to help get your creative juices flowing. But don't get too bogged down in the plot. This is more about story world creation. When you're finished with that then, I want you to repeat the process, but with a different actor. How would their persona shift your story world? Try to be bold and pick someone different than your initial choice. What attributes must remain in order for your series to be your series? What can change to reflect the strengths of this new performer? If you're recasting yourself, think about how this new person's tone would necessarily shift your story world. Craig Kilborn, Jon Stewart, and Trevor Noah have all hosted The Daily Show and each brought with them something unique to the program. Those first two had to be introduced, tested, and then given a send-off. And so will Noah, eventually. How will the curtain close on this second performer of yours? Write three entries for them, too, if you have the time. Pause if you need to finish this segment, and then start up again when you're prepared for the final segment of this episode. We've covered scenes, entries, and arcs for your story world, and now we come to the most difficult and nebulous of all, the finale of your narrative universe. Some of you will want to create a franchise that has a definitive beginning, middle, and end, while others will create something that will last for as long as they want to keep writing stories in that world. Both are valid, but remember that in either case, your story world should live on in the minds of the audience. The popularity of your narrative will ebb and flow. If you've done your job, though, your audience will continue to dream about it long after you've put down the pencil, put away the typewriter, or clicked save for the final time. You shouldn't close a door in the audience's face. One of the critical elements of a successful story world is that it persists. Audiences will want to check in from time to time, even if it's only in reruns. Some characters will find salvation, but others will fail to live happily ever after. I could have given you the world. The world is not enough. Foolish sentiment. Family motto. On the other hand, unless your narrative ends with a black hole that destroys the universe, things will keep on keeping on, even if you're done with them. The James Bond film series is coming to an end of sorts with no time to die. Creators, executives, and audiences are questioning the role that a womanizing, alcoholic, imperialist spy has in a modern world. You know the rules of the game. You've been playing it long enough. We both have. Maybe too long. Speak for yourself. Regardless of Bond's fate in this latest entry, I guarantee that the world he saved time and again will survive his passing too, whether it's in the form of his retirement or his death. Not everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. Spectre may or may not be defeated. MI6 may be absorbed into the broader intelligence service or persist, albeit with a newfound purpose. England will continue on, however, and so too will the mission of all those who tirelessly work to protect its borders. Our world is not more transparent now. It's more opaque. It's in the shadows. That's where we must do battle. So before you declare us irrelevant, ask yourselves, how safe do you feel? You don't have to think too deeply about these kinds of things. You will want your stories to emerge organically so that, when last call comes, things wrap up with a sense of appropriate conclusion. You should listen to your fans in this process as well, so that you don't wind up alienating them at the final curtain call. So then, I want you to think of two kinds of conclusions for your story world. First, I want you to create one final ending for your protagonist. Do they succeed or fail in their quest? Do they live or die? Is it a happy, tragic, or bittersweet ending? Don't overload this with plot details. You just want to get a sense of your ultimate trajectory. 
If audiences get the sense that you're heading toward a happy ending and you wind up writing a tragedy, things may get messy. Alternately, if you're writing a story that seems bound for tragedy and you pull a happy ending out of your hat, audiences may feel cheated. Feel free to surprise your audiences so long as there is some sort of satisfying conclusion for your main character in some way, shape, or form. Secondly, I want you to write down something that can never be defeated or resolved. Sauron is defeated, but that doesn't mean evil has left the world of the Lord of the Rings. Andy moves on to college, but Woody, Buzz, and the rest of his toys will continue to bring joy to children. This franchise-spanning problem should be a thematic struggle, one that your story world will address in nearly every entry, whether your main character is in it or not. What do you question? What struggle inspires you? What do you realize will likely never be solved in your lifetime, but still requires the work of heroes? Take your time and remember, these don't have to be clear narrative resolutions. They are guideposts to help you write your long-form content. What goals are you pushing toward? What milestones must you reach? The more you understand the underpinnings of your world, the better and more cohesive it will be. Once you've jotted these two elements down, congratulations! You have created four major resolutions of your story world. A scene, an entry, an arc, and a franchise. More than that, if you've been following along from episode one, you've completed each of the five major elements for your story world. I may have charted the course, and the case studies may have given you examples, but it is your voice and your choices that have made your world come to life. You should feel proud of yourself. I guarantee that there are lots of things in there that speak to your individual imagination. You can't stop there, though. You have created the story world, but now comes time to create your work. We all know somebody who has spent years building their story world and never actually finished their story proper. Some of us have been that person, myself included. I want you to finish a story in your imaginative universe and then share your work with our real world. If you'd like to share it with me and the rest of the audience, reach out on Twitter at Words of Steel, W-O-R-D-S-O-F-S-T-E-E-L-E, or on my website, steelfilipek.com, S-T-E-E-L-E-F-I-L-I-P-E-K. Reach out with questions, too, and keep on listening. We'll be getting into more story world design in upcoming episodes, digging into advanced stuff that I've helped design for the Walt Disney Company, Showtime, 20th Century Fox, and many other organizations. Hopefully, we will be workshopping some of your pieces and providing answers to problems that may arise. Don't forget to check out our previous episodes and other content, and make sure to subscribe to this and every BronxNet podcast. Keep up the good work, and let's talk soon. Building a Better Story World is written, produced, recorded, and sound engineered by Steel Tyler Philippek. The theme song, Asia, is by Ilya Marfin via icons8.com. All narrative clips are used under the Fair Use Doctrine, as defined by Title 17 of the United States Code, subsection 107, in that they are used for nonprofit educational work for the purpose of analysis, have been transformed from their initial records by audio engineering for podcasting, and are not substantive of the entire work or function as a direct market substitute. Audio effects are provided by freesound.org under the Creative Commons license. If you feel that this production has unfairly used a piece of audio to which you own the rights, please contact helmstarmedia at gmail.com.